0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, October 12, 2022. Today, we have a very rare opportunity uh, here on Revival from the Bible, something that if it's ever happened since we've been doing this podcast, these occurrences have been very few and far between, but we are today reading the passage that we just, or that I just preached on uh, this last weekend at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. We are reading this morning in our New Testament reading, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, which that's been the last two sermons, these last two Sundays at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley. And also, as we read 2 Kings, uh, we'll get to that later, we are reading a passage that we've pretty much read already in the book of Isaiah. So uh, we're we're getting an opportunity to do some review today. Uh, This is a good reminder for us before you think, hey, I got this. We've already talked about this. Here's what I want you to think about. Uh, Okay, you've heard these things, you've read these things, what are you doing about these things? Uh, This might be review in concept over both of these passages that we're looking at today, but are they making a difference in your life? And that's where I want us to think Today, about both of these passages. Uh, Our New Testament reading is Philippians 2 1 through 11, uh, which is exactly where we are in our study uh, at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And, And so, the clear point of this passage is really that God wants his people to be unified, and the essential ingredient in that is going to be a humble and selfless service that focuses on others. That is what he is calling the church there to. Um, And and that's what we see commanded in the first section there, verses one through four. And then it makes it clear, hey, I want to tell you all these things about Jesus as the perfect example of uh, of this kind of service that, that we will know these famous verses here in verses three and four do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, that's a key part of just the idea of what Paul is saying would complete his joy. Hey, avoid seeking after your own ambition and avoid this kind of vain glory that you would seek that's really just empty. And instead of just worrying about your own concerns, which comes naturally to us, focus on the interests and the concerns of others. And hey, as your perfect example of all of this, think like Jesus. And then it gets very theological to make this pastoral point. And really, we see some things of the deity of Christ, the preexistence of Christ. But again, the point is, look at what Christ gave up to serve us. Uh, Look at how he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. He left his home in heaven and the glory he shared with the father to be born in the likeness of men and to live on this earth and to die the death of the cross. Uh, And so all of that example really points back to these commands. Hey, we, we should not be selfish. We should not be seeking our own glory. We've got to get out of our own heads and really think about how we can serve others and follow that example of Jesus Christ. So the question is, are you doing that? Especially if you were there at church this last weekend at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, how have you applied the message thus far? How are you uh, putting aside your own interests and your own ambitions to serve others this week? Um, It's so clear from this passage, God expects us to do this. Uh, he, He is commanding us to do something here and to follow the example of Christ. Now, one thing, maybe that's a helpful reminder, a key ingredient where it all starts is there in verse one, reminding us of all the resources we have access to in Christ. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, right? Don't you have all of this in Christ? Isn't he the one who helps you, who encourages you? Isn't he the one, ultimately isn't the love of God our source of comfort even when we are suffering? Do we not have the Holy Spirit within us? So even though these are commands... Uh, that are given, Uh, God has given us the resources to obey these commands. And we will not be able to obey these commands without relying on those resources. One one thought that's come up in each of these messages is, are you a cup or are you a fountain? Right? a thought that's not new to me, uh, but that idea, are you a cup that, Hey, I I pour myself out for others, but now I'm empty and I need someone to pour into me. Or is it, I'm a fountain because I have an internal source of water that's always flowing. And so I'm always pouring out. Uh, And and that kind of connected with John 4 is the picture I think we should have for Christians. I've got a river of life flowing out of me because I've drunk from the living water that is Jesus Christ. So I'm free to pour myself out for others. So again, uh, as you read this passage, which if you attend Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley is, uh, should be Review for you, the question I really want you to think about, the question I really want you to pray about today is, am I doing this? Again, think through the spheres of your life, your work, your church, your home, your friends, whatever other areas you spend your time and ask yourself, hey, whose interests am I most looking out for here? Am I following the example of Christ and get specific, Uh, get specific in what, what are the ways that I need to do this and spend some time praying through those things today. Even another great example of, of a similar topic in scripture is John 13, where Jesus washes the disciples feet. And as he makes it clear that he did that to be an example, um, He says, you know, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So even as we read Philippians 2 again, uh, if you know these things, and again, these are familiar verses uh, that we're not supposed to be doing anything from selfish ambition and very familiar verses pointing us to the glory of Christ, um, blessed are we if we do them. Uh, let's let's go before God and let's confess if there's ways we know we're not doing this, and let's ask for his help to to faithfully follow the example of Christ. Now, as we go back to 2 Kings, we'll we'll look at chapter 18, starting in verse 8, and then read through all of chapter 19. And this tells a story that we have already read almost verbatim in Isaiah. Uh, And we get to We've already read that, right? And we see the, the role of the prophet Isaiah here, but it's the story of Sennacherib um, as he comes and is attacking Judah and he sends this trash-talking military officer, the Rabshaka, and Hezekiah responds by seeking the Lord um, and God delivers The people. And so there's some things, again, I want you to review. Hey, you know these things. Blessed are you if you do them. And I think we see a great example of it in chapter 20, where Hezekiah takes the trash talking letter um, from the Assyrians and he goes and he. He reads it and he takes it to the house of the Lord and he spreads it before the Lord and he prays this great prayer of trust in God, a prayer that has a high view of God. And that's a good reminder for us. Hey, is that what you do when there's bad news in your life or something that intimidates you or scares you or frightens you? Do you take it before the Lord and have a high view of God and lift your problem up to him? But there's a couple other things. I've really been enjoying this a chronological order of reading through both the Old and the New Testaments. Um, but one of the reasons why we won't do this every year, but maybe just from time to time, and one of the disadvantages of it is it kind of breaks up the flow of some of the books as we're reading them. For instance, it's been a minute since we've been in 2 Kings. But if we remember some of 2 Kings, and even if we go back in our memory to earlier in Isaiah, which I'm sure some of you remember, because you, Revival from the Bible listeners, you're Sharp crowd. So I trust that you'll remember some of these things. Um, Let's think through some of the things that do set the stage for this. Um, As we see Sennacherib coming, this is right on the heels. We're reading 2 Kings 18. If you just look back in your Bible to 2 Kings 17, that that is when the Assyrians come in and wipe out the northern kingdom and resettle Samaria, that the northern kingdom is now ended. So this was uh, an intense enemy uh, that came in and wiped out the northern kingdom. So you can bet this was intimidating for the southern kingdom. But also, if you go back to chapter 16, you read about a wicked king, King Ahaz. And you read about how when he was intimidated by the kings of Syria and the king of Israel, he went to seek help from Assyria. And this should start ringing bells from earlier in Isaiah, where we see clearly Isaiah telling King Ahaz, "Hey, you don't you shouldn't be afraid of um, the the Israelites, the northern kingdom of Israel, and you shouldn't be afraid of the Syrians. You and you should not trust in Assyria, you should trust in God. And you shouldn't be afraid of anyone but the Lord." And, and so th- that should remind us and even though the one of the reasons the Assyrians are there picking on Judah is King Ahaz's lack of faith because he did not trust God, but reached out to the Assyrians. But now by contrast, we're going to see Hezekiah respond unlike his father with a lack of faith. We're going to see him respond with a strong faith in God. So even as we're reviewing, maybe going a little deeper on the context and the history helps us there. Seeing that this reason why why are the Assyrians even there and remembering King Ahaz and the clear message of God, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid of these other kingdoms. Don't trust any of these other kingdoms. Fear me and trust me. And remember the sign that was given. That was the context for the sign of Emmanuel, God with us. Which brings us, wait, what's the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy? Jesus Christ taking on flesh, which we saw in Philippians 2. So it's only fitting for us uh, to end with where Philippians 2 ends. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So even as we review these passages, uh, may we... Seek God now in prayer that we would not just know about these passages, but we would live out the realities of these passages. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.